Cross the Streams podcast. Kip, I own back. We're on part two of the pandemic in business. If you were here last week, you got to hear from Jeff Jensen, David Gunn, Mike Schwab, you know, kind of a cross section of a, an economist, a small business owner, a marketing VP. And I got the sports angle today covered with two former guests that are doing big things out in the sports world of business. And I wanted to get their expertise on similar topics. So I'm going to let them reintroduce themselves uh, to the pod and brag about themselves a little bit. So, Tay, why don't you go first? Uh, Taylor Mounts here. Uh, played at Willamette, by the way, 2008, 2012 for Mr. Ion here. Do you want me to put um, you, you want the, me to put your career stats up as the visual for the episode? Do you think that'll get us more viewers? That, that would be nice if you didn't put up my total points. <laughs> and um, the all-decade honors. But anyways, uh, I am the corporate partnership sales manager for the Portland Timbers and Thorns. I've been in the kind of the sports sponsorship world ever since I um, – Got out of grad school, so started out as the intern at DFC, and here I am with, um, you know, the Timbers in Portland. Thank you, sir. Nick? Yeah, Nick Lawson here. Um, gosh, played football at Willamette, same years as, as Taylor, 08-12, um, and uh, I run a company called Squad. We, we help, hopefully, um, people like Taylor who are selling sponsorship just make it a little bit easier with digital games activations. Uh, digital inventory so that they can close more partnership dollars. Now, I appreciate both you guys coming back. And, and Tay, when it's you and I on the phone, Nick, you and I shooting creative ideas across email and text. I appreciate both of you letting me lean on you when I've had to throughout the years. But let's start here. Nick, you go first. This COVID thing, I mean, I guess we're on 11 months, 12 months. I, it's, like, it's like Groundhog Day, right? It's hard to remember like the exact day it started. Um, what has it forced your industry into? Like what, are the, what have been the biggest impacts on the day-to-day for you? Yeah, you know, I think just within the sports industry and some of the clients we work with, I mean, it's crazy. Some of them know the exact day in which sports shut down to where they're just like, like I was interviewing somebody the other day and they're like, it was March 15th at 7 p.m. When right. The email. So it's probably the Rudy Gobert see. game, right? It's right when Rudy tested was, positive. Like literally our, our NBA clients, it's like, <clears throat> that's when we found out, you know, right before it was on SportsCenter and the game was shut down. Um, so, no, I think, you know, in sports, what, what kind of happened was, and, and I'd be interested to get Taylor's uh, perspective on this is, I mean, you sell the attention around games. I mean, the live game is the main place where you're really getting the excitement. And all of a sudden, we didn't have live games. And then all of a sudden, we didn't have live games for a month, two months, three months. And obviously, you know, within sports sponsorship, brands are paying you to reach your fans uh, through the excitement of sports. So I think, you know, overall with the industry, you know, pivot has been used too much, but it's like we we had to find new ways to keep brands interested in spending dollars with us despite the fact that their budgets were probably cut mm. um so i think the biggest the biggest thing was you know you see it around the the industry of just the creativity of some of these teams to say look we don't have live games or a stadium full of fans but here's a way we can still reach mm. our fans and get a message to them that hopefully reaches your sponsorship goal. So I think the biggest thing was is, you know, imagine if you're like imagine if you're selling cheddar cheese and everybody loves your cheddar cheese and then next thing you know, you know, cheese farmers aren't making cheddar anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. You kind of have to be like, what like what am I gonna sell from right. now on? This is what I'm for. 
uh, and there was just kind of a shift there. Nick, was it is it pivot or new normal? Which one have you heard most? <laughs> I, I'm, new normal's got to take it. Yeah. Um, especially when you get on these webinars, people love talking about yep. new normal. Yes, um, sir. So new normal definitely is used. Somebody put it really, really well the other day. Is um, you know, it's it's like a light switch, but um, it was it wasn't a dimmer, mm. right? flip of the switch. It's not like something slow was coming where we're dimming the lights off. Yeah. Somebody just turned just, the off. And, we, and now we got to figure out in the dark how yep. do I get to where I need to be uh, and not trip over things. So, Tay, same question. The big, like the things that have hit you the hardest in what you do day to day. No, I think Nick hit it on the head. I mean, it's interesting from a standpoint of, well, number one, I started with the Timbers March 1st. Oh, so the year timing is unbelievable. So I went to one game as an employee. I worked in the office for 10 days as an employee and then have uh, worked from home ever since. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, I think when we're looking at sponsorships and, and attendance, I mean, um, when you look at it, digital broadcasts and social consumption has really skyrocketed, mm. you know, not only for MLS, but, you know, I know the NBA, NFL. Um, so I think, you know, as, as Nick said, the new normal slash pivot, I, I, it, you know, brands have, um, a new normal for them as well. So mm. they're thinking about sponsorships differently. They're, um, thinking, how do we reach this many people and, and is the fan attendance? I mean, you know, soccer is, is so much different than the NBA or NFL. I mean. You know, the NFL lives on, you know, ticket revenue, gate revenue, you know, just as like the NBA and, and but MLS, I mean, you know, it's so vital to the organizations because MLS isn't as big as these other, you know, leagues. So um, it's definitely been a whirlwind to say the least. Um, nothing that you would ever think getting into sports that you'd ever think that there's a day that sports stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we did the uh, – I was actually going to a Blazer game that night. I was actually Mar – on March 15th, I had tickets. I was going to go to a Blazer game and then got canceled. And our season got, you know, suspended. So, it's it's been crazy. You know, it's definitely been um, all hands on deck for not only our organization, but I think everyone that touches sports. Are there parts of this – and, Tay, you can answer it as, you know, obviously you, you, you got a lot of autonomy in your job, but as an employee and then Nick is kind of running your own shop and, and having people answer to you, what parts are temporary? Like what parts are like, you know what, this will shift back? And then what parts are like, no, you know, I think this is – we could even call this an innovation that we'll just carry going forward. You know, I think in our – in last week's discussion, uh, one of the guys talked about one-way one interviews. What was it, Spark interview? as a thing that might just be a time saver that he keeps doing. So, you know, Tay, you go first. What's what's temporary? Is it just the human component being away and then you'll all flood back to the office? Or is that is there going to be differences? Yeah, I think that we definitely are going to be back in the office. I mean, sports, you know, again, is such a different industry than any other one. Not only are you obviously connected to the club, but you know, obviously when games start coming back, you know, obviously we're going to be at the office. And I, and I think one thing that might change are meetings mm. for more meetings and then plan another meeting. <laughs> so I let's think, have a conversation you know, about a framework for a conversation. Those things. 
exactly. <laughs> we should meet for the meeting later next week. We're going to meet. And then we got to have a post meeting about that. Yeah. Um, no, I think, um, especially from a standpoint as an employee, I mean, I've kind of liked the work from home thing, but, you know, I have missed going to the office. And so, especially for me, you know, in sales, Zoom has been obviously tremendous as it is, has, you know, has been for everyone else. And, and I think you'll see a little bit more of those, mm. a little bit more of more Zoom meetings, less, you know, hey, can I come over to your office? You know, just like, hey, let's hop on a Zoom. It's quick, it's easy, it's effective. And I think it saves, you know, a lot of people time. Mm-hmm. Nick, similar. What's temporary? What's what's the, what's innovative going forward? Yeah, you know, I I think the I think the the permanent, and I'll kind of start with the permanent. At least from what mm-hmm. we're seeing, is like just there's more reliance kind of on proving ROI mm. uh, from brands. It's like, hey, this let's call it a pause has caused us to have to rethink everything, right? Yeah. And that comes down to just marketing budgets in total. So I think um, I think the biggest thing is what's gonna be permanent is, you know, p- brands aren't gonna just buy sponsorship packages because like they're sexy, right? Like they're nice, we get some tickets, things like that. Um, you, you know, kind of what's temporary, I do think, I do think it's going to be about a year. I think it's going to be till 2022, no matter what vaccine comes out, if you look at the data. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think we are going to see like a crazy boom um, of people coming back to sports games Mm. and attending sports games. And what's interesting is that's going to put more emphasis on in-stadium assets than ever before. Uh, And I think that's even going to trickle down to minor leagues. I mean, I mean, no offense, Kip, but I think I think Willamette's basketball games are going to be packed. Hey, man. You know I mean? Hey, like, any shift Salem, with people. I'm trying to go to a sports game. Right. I, you know, I'm trying to see some of my scores. We'll ride that wave, my friend. We will take advantage of that wave. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I think talking to, talking to people in the industry, brands, teams, whatever it may be, um, new again new normal is the wrong word but um there's gonna be things that are pulled in like digital activations like for example we work with bucknell they did a virtual halloween kind of trick-or-treat thing where they had their mascot and head coach Mm -hmm. basically they knew kids couldn't go trick-or-treating so they did a zoom thing for them Mm -hmm. and they were actually able to reach fans bucknell fans from outside of the city wow so i you know talking with them like okay cool we're going to do this next year in person and then simultaneously do it you know like right zoom. i think i think that's what again not to use the term new normal but i think you're going to see a lot of hybrid uh, okay. of the things we learned in this pandemic also mixing in with the these the things we used to do um, and I think that's probably across the board in all industries. Yeah. Do you guys see like I really want to pick up on that, you know, the rush back to the stadiums as we're free, right? And where can we go with this freedom? So does that change each of yours approaches and your strategies? Or is it like kind of back to where you were eighteen months ago? Tay, um, go ahead. I, I mean my biggest my biggest worry is that there's a boom then a bust. Wow. And my thing is, is we've been, I mean, humans are very, we're all about habits and we've been just, we've been trained to only consume sports on television 
from our homes for the last year. Mm -hmm. And although we'll be excited to go back out to stadiums, I think, I think the big thing is going to be once that excitement luster dies down, how do we convince fans? And this was happening before the pandemic. How mm. do we convince fans to leave their couch, go to a game? I mean, honestly, we're for, for uh, Taylor and, and, and the Timbers, I mean, that experience is amazing, right? It's if you've been to a Timbers game, you're not just going for what's happening on the pitch. You're going because the fan, the Timbers army, the stadium, uh, that entire experience. Um, so my some of my worry is is that some teams will see the boom and then be like you know we can just keep doing what we used to do mm. for a stadium experience standpoint and not get better and then they're gonna really see a tapering off because again we've been like we've been trained to watch mm -hmm. sports from home and consume sports from home and it's gonna be really hard to untrain us to keep coming back to games especially if it's more comfortable to do that. Gotcha, Tay. I mean, as long as people keep consuming their local television Timbers games, I'm fine with it. Mm. Uh, no, but I think for 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 you know for us, um, definitely when fans come back, I think um, you know you're going to see a little bit more innovation. You're going to see you know more cashless um, concessions. You're going to see uh, mm. you know did all digital tickets. You're not going to have a media guide or a pamphlet you know to games and that, and i think i think that'll be the biggest thing in terms of innovation i mean i'm excited mm -hmm. to see not only you know what we're doing but also teams around the country i mean you know when you look at how does the experience of going into fenway park differ post-covid mm -hmm. than it would previously. great point and you know i i i think the one thing is you know everyone says it all the time the one constant thing is change and sports, the experience, I don't think has changed in, you know, a while. So, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more technology surrounding not only the stadiums, but also the fan experience and, and have it be, um, you know, maybe it's not the only options aren't to go to a game or watch on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, when you think of virtual reality, that's interesting. And when you think of, you know, how all these teams and clubs have had to pivot their you know whole business operations in terms of what's important and what's not and i think that's you know great of getting to the root of the problem um you know so i'm i'm excited do you guys like in in your each one of your you know your shops or the spaces where you're working are you seeing more of a hey this is an opportunity for us to create new or is it more of a survival God damn it, what new thing do we got to figure out now just to tread water? You know, because I know in coaching, that's been a challenge is, okay, you know, what part of this can I actually view with some hope and possibility because we could carry it forward past it? And what part of this is just another drag on my day just to try to keep some semblance of a team? Does that make sense? Like, well, what are you experiencing we, yourself maybe or even with your team? Go next. Are you second? <laughs> me, me first. I don't. I didn't want to go first on on both of them. Um, sorry, Campbell. <laughs> are are you were you able to during this lead yourself like your own internal voice? Like this is opportunity. I can frame this. Was it day to day? Was it you know in the beginning versus the end? How's your mindset to attack these problems to get to those innovations Taylor was talking about? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, it, it was a crazy, you know, again, we, we run our own business and 
we went from really starting to break through and getting success, success with signing teams to, I, I mean, I had a quarter million dollars worth of contracts canceled. Oh, right. One day because they were like, look, I have no idea what's going to happen. You know, what's, what's interesting from a business side is we leaned into our sales and honestly our LinkedIn content, which really brings in a lot of sales. Mm-hmm. And we were doing stuff like daily. Um, and it brought in, you know, the success we're seeing now was a part of that. And now that I look back, it, it was a survival thing. But now it's an opportunity for us from a business standpoint to say, okay, cool. We learned that this is a really, you know, a good piece. Now I'll say we did a bunch of other things that didn't work out. Mm. Um, but but again, I think, I mean, we're, we're almost at an inflection point here, right, where we can either take what we've learned from this, from surviving, like I said, with the Halloween thing for Bucknell, they could have done that on Zoom once and then just been like, okay, cool, that was pandemic. We're going to go back to kind of what we were doing. Um, The opportunity now is kind of to say, can we get better with some of these changes that we've learned and actually take that moment? And I think in sports, uh, and I'll be interested to see if Taylor agrees with this. I mean, people think we have an off season. But as soon as the season ends, you're in renewals. Mm-hmm. And, or sorry, recaps. And by, when you're doing recaps, you're in renewals. And when you're in renewals, you're doing new business prospecting <laughs> and you're budgeting. And by the time you're like, okay, cool, this is what we're doing, like season's about to start again or you're in preseason. So, you know, what's interesting in sports is this kind of gave us a little bit of a time to reset, to say, you know, what I hope sports teams are doing, kind of like what, what Taylor mentioned is like, Hey, you know what kind of sucks is um, you know concessions when we have to do cash because that takes you know longer to actually get cash back to people. Can we actually take this time to take a minute and say is this the time when we actually put cashless in mm. to make it a better experience overall? Yeah. Right? Um, so I think I think at least in sports again, you talk to you talk to people kind of coming out of sports business programs sometimes, and they're and, and you talk to them about it, they're like, well, yeah, you work a lot during the season, but you get your off season, and I'm like, no, you don't. Right. You don't get an off season. You're maybe working a 40 hour week during off season. You're working an 80 hour week during it. And I think what we've seen from from a lot of teams is this has given a little bit of the ability to say we used to do it this way. I don't think we should still do it this way, and we actually have a little bit of time to think through this. Um, and that's that's a lot of it was survival, right? Mm-hmm. I think in the beginning it was like, how do we survive this? We don't know how long it's going on, but um, I think that's that's the biggest thing coming out of this, and probably for you on coaching. I mean, you've you figured out how to run a team without seeing them, right. connect with them, maybe face to face. I'm sure there's opportunities that have come for you to say this is how we're going to implement it yep. from now on because it's just a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, and Tay, I'll let you go here next, but absolutely, like we not being able to have on-campus visits, which is where it's your decision action time, right? Like here's the visit, here's the guys in the morning, you're going to tell us yes or no. We had to we had to go do that on Zoom, but in like, you know, disappointed, oh, the kid can't see it. What it ended up being was an opportunity. You know what? We should always do this Zoom before they come to make sure they're in the frame, frame the mind frame of I'm going to choose, decide on this visit. So we actually had more success later using that tool that it like just like you said was a survival only in March. This fall it's been a much better filter before we did some of that. Tay. Yeah, I think uh, at the beginning it was for sure treading water. Just trying to figure out how can we do this? 
you know, how can we still activate partners? Are partners still interested? Are brands still looking to spend money? So it was definitely tread water, just trying to keep everything afloat. And now I think, you know, it, it's going into, wow, that's actually a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. And again, <clears throat> I think for um, the experience is just going to be, I don't think that's not necessarily, you know, different from a core perspective, but I think it'll definitely be transformed into something better. Mm. Like, you know, you think of um, partnerships like Postmates in NFL stadiums where they bring the food to you, or you think of, um, you know, there's, there's just so many facets of, of the fan experience. I think it'll change. And, and um, I think, you know, going back to what Nick said, now we have time because Mm -hmm. nobody's in, meetings all day right? mm. like people are at home and can do i feel like a little bit more efficient and don't have to be in the you know hey you want to do the marketing meeting for the social media meeting just so we can get for the executive meeting you know i mean now people can really think of how to how can they provide value to the organization and the club tay do you see those expectations of a little more freedom like for you, like ex- you and your colleagues expecting that from the quote unquote boss going forward. And then Nick, do you expect have to having to give some of that, right? Maybe you were already in that, in that vein with your business being all over the country, but do you see that kind of dynamic shifting? Like, Hey boss, remember the pandemic? We did a lot of cool stuff and didn't have to be in this stuffy place. Like we had different ways we did it and they worked. What's carrying forward? What do you think, Tay? Yeah, it's a good, I mean, you know, luckily our, our, um, you know, our organization is, is great just with, you know, even before the pandemic in terms of working, working from home, you know, et cetera. But I think as a, as an industry sports was like the one thing that you couldn't like quote unquote work from home. Mm -hmm. And now I think you look at it and maybe you can. Mm -hmm. So, um, I definitely think that employees will be, um expecting that kind of freedom i mean obviously to a point and you know i think at the end of the day this has kind of showed the age-old question is do we do we need an office Uh, and you know obviously sports industry is is you know obviously you must necessarily do but like you know does twitter need an office does facebook need an office does do law firms need these big mahogany great point yeah Exactly. So I, I think when you look at it, just I'm going to have a tangent here of commercial real estate, but that's okay. When you look at how, how that industry is going to change, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, are people, I mean, why do people need to go into an office? And that's and that's been my biggest um, thing about the coronavirus is that it's showed that everyone can do their jobs and do them efficiently and in their own way. Some people have a home office. I mean, I work from my you know kitchen every day, mm-hmm. so. No, that's a great point. It came up last week as well. That exact topic of the commercial real estate. At some point, those mortgages are coming due, right? So, Nick, give me your take on that. On everything Tay brought up in that part, you know, what do we need for like physical space? Do we need to impress people we're recruiting to work for us with this, you know, ten thousand square foot party spot, or do we need to consolidate and save money and put it towards other things? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give a perspective from sports teams with some of the teams we work with and then like other startups that mm-hmm. I know um, who have like, you know, we're, we're a small shop here. We're only four people at squad, but there's some people who have like 23 person companies. But 
and and I might be I might be wrong at this, but every we work with the Chicago Bulls, and every person who works for the Chicago Bulls has been working from home since the NBA shut down. Hmm. And think about that. You yeah, know, I'm sure that's the same for you, Taylor, for, at the Timbers. Like these, these are massive organizations, and they've made it work from home. I will be intrigued though, whenever there's a large supply, uh, you know, whenever there's oversupply, that's when you can kind of kick it the other way. So I, I would, I would be very interested if a year, two years, if it comes back to you know what, we're going to compete for talent by having the dopest office space mm. so that you won't even want to work from home. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's going to matter towards certain people. But I think, I think the experience of working in an office because it's not so readily available, some people might be like, Hey, I actually do like, I'm going to pick this job because it actually isn't an office as opposed to, you know, just at home. But I mean, to that point, I mean, we know a bunch of small businesses that have literally been like, we used to make everybody come, like move to Chicago or mm-hmm. move to St. Louis to work for us. Now our entire company is spread out, and I'm like, wait, I don't have to spend thirty thousand right? dollars on an office. You know how many? You know how much advertising <laughs> yeah. and marketing spend I can do that with that for right? year? So, I think I think from a from a working standpoint, you know, right now it's the bottom line. I'll be intrigued to see if if it flips on that to where it's like, okay, now you know we actually can go get talent because you're working in an office and you do want that experience. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I mean, I know Facebook, like Facebook, Facebook has closed their offices through 2021, mm. meaning not required to come back yeah. through the end of the year. Wow. Um, and, and that like, again, that goes to the point of like, if I'm trying to steal talent from Facebook and we're, we're back in an office setting, I might be like, no, we do have an office. Mm-hmm. Like you should come in yeah. and do that. Um, you know, from the, from the sports perspective too, the biggest struggle we deal with is some teams see our activations as only pandemic, meaning I only needed you because we're in a pandemic. Gotcha. And I think the biggest struggle we have is is showing teams that like when we do get fans back in the stadium, you can still run a trivia in the stadium and you can run it you know, on your broadcast and still get the same results, if not better, and there's some teams leaning into that where the conversations I'm having are, look, when we get fans back, we're going to double down on this. There's some conversations the other way of like, hey, Nick, we love your product. I don't know if it's going to fit in a stadium setting. And I'm having to like convince them to be like, no, like this yeah. is. We're here to stay. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like this is going to be something you want to continue um, and, and bring into that experience. So I think, you know, kind of going back to your point of finding those things to bring forward. I think the most savvy companies across the board are going to take their learnings, push it forward. But there are going to be some companies that have learned some stuff and just say, no, 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 we want to go back to how we were doing it. Mm. We don't want to shift. And I think from that, you're going to have winners right. you know, really taking off. And then you have people who just kind of stay the same or, or drop down because they didn't they didn't take what they learned from this experience. Yeah. And kind of put the, your, the conversation with the office versus no office really had me thinking. I like finding intersections, right? So we've got this business intersection we're talking about, and it had me thinking about men, okay? Because I know in coaching, and you guys can speak to your industry, um, the coaching side of it where they're like, oh, you know what's the new innovation is you can just do all your digital, your recruiting digitally. You don't have to be there. They'll stream it. You'll watch it. And some people embrace But a lot of men like to tell their partner, 
I'm out for the month of July. I have to be at this event. I'm grinding. I'm in Vegas, and I get to watch four basketball players, Tay, and then I get to be at the casino all night. You're not taking that from me. Does that make sense? Like, I'm thinking, too, of men in general. Like, I need to leave. I can't do this thing here at home. I need to be in the office to focus. Or, like, does that – so I'm interested to see – where does this all land? Because like you guys said, you probably can do it from home. Do you want to? Right? And that that, that had me thinking about a lot. Thoughts on that? No, I think it's so funny that you say that because my last um, my last job, I worked for the sports agency and we put on, you know, golf tournaments and one of our tournaments was the Safeway Open and we had a lot of, you know, all the guys who sell stuff in Safeway, you know, Aaron Harris Bush you know, trapper snacks. And some of these guys travel 40 weeks mm. of the year. Right. And they, you know, they're different regions. So again, just from a human perspective, how does that when they're home, yeah. you know, they can see their, they can see their kids, you know, every day rather than the end of the week. And, and how does that shape, you know, what do we, do I really need to travel 40 mm-hmm. weeks? Like, why can't I just do it on a zoom? Right. And I get the relationship building part. I get the inner client entertainment. I, you know, I get that. And, and, you know, you definitely need to do that. But I think at the end of the day, like, it's so funny you say about the Vegas, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I lived in Vegas, I saw Jim Boeheim playing um, <laughs> craps at, uh, and I'm like, what, you know, who's yep. paying for this? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a recruiting trip. They, they have to be at the game, right? Not. I know. It's So that's, I think you're going to see a lot of that, like, you know, that, you. And, and, you know, but again, as Nick said, maybe when this comes back, maybe people are just going to keep doing what they're doing and mm-hmm. go, you know, I, hey, the you. pandemic's over, sweetheart, so I have to get back to Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the funny thing is, like, we used to go, we used to go visit our clients a ton, and we'd fly out, yeah. and we'd do the whole go to a game, and of course I love that, right? I, yeah. I tell my fiance, like, yo, this works. <laughs> I'm so tired at the United Center. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Right. And it's like, you know, like, but with that being said, I was like, you know, I need that. I need that connection one-to-one with people. And and I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it, but we were spending a lot of money on travel. And obviously that was a lot of time, you know, that I had to get on an airplane for four hours, fly somewhere. And it's, you know, it's hard to work on an airplane. I mean, one of the things that the pandemic's taught me is like, our relationships are solid with every single one of our clients. And I haven't traveled since last February. Yeah. Right. And Good I think, I think to your point is just like, yeah, I mean, when this comes back out, I definitely will go see clients, but I don't think it's going to be at, at as high a level yeah. because I don't necessarily need to. And the interesting thing is I think everybody's just gotten more efficient, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, we can have zoom meetings. We can, you know, close deals on Zoom. Does a face-to-face relationship, you know, help? I'm sure, but is it necessary? No. I think again, on the flip side, I'd be very interested if everybody goes Zoom, and you're that guy who's actually, you know, uh-huh. are you spinning that to your advantage? You know, yeah. sometimes we 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 kept a lot of deals because I would fly out to a minor league hockey team, and they'd be like, no vendor has ever come to us and watch the game. Mm. They've only kind of just been like, hey, I'm selling you this. You bought it. I'll keep in touch with you. 
but nobody's ever come to a game and sat with us and met with us in person. But I'm interested to see that if somebody, if everybody goes efficient in Zoom, if somebody can break out and be like, I'm going to be really inefficient, but I'm going to be the only person at that game compared to all the competitors, you know, and, and try and build that relationship um, rather than the people who just want to do, I mean, it's the old sales adage, like a lot of young salespeople don't like getting on the, the phone, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of that, nobody calls. And because of that, if you do call, you, kill. you know, yeah. you can get a lot more meetings than not because you're doing a tactic that's not expected, which, you know, most people are emailing, DMing. So yeah. I'll be intrigued on that side to see if because of the efficiencies, because they've come, you know, again, so close that the people who kind of are the outliers and do the old tactics, if they can actually win for a while by doing uh, Nick, I think you answered this one. I love calling, by the way. So I, saying, I mean, the, the best salespeople know that. They're just like, you know, cool. You can sit over there and email people all day. and You can reach a 1,000 people a day. I'll call 40. I'll get every single one. Yeah. And I'll probably get 25, you know, on a meeting. Right. Tay, I want to let you answer. We're going to come up on our first break here. I think, Nick, you kind of touched on it. The, the question, One of the questions that might drive you the craziest is, hey, you got an off season, right? I know that's same for me. Like, oh, coach, you don't have games. So you, you, what, are you just sitting around? Huh? What? Tay, is there, what's the question when people find out what you do? It could even be family that just drives you up a wall. It, you know, it, it's not coming from malice, but it's just like you really have no concept of what I do. Yeah, um, that my job is um, fun every day, meaning <laughs> that I don't have a job. Uh, you know, like it's still like people are like, man, it must be so cool to work in sports. And I love my job. I love the industry that I'm in. Yeah. However, it's I'm not like hitting soccer balls. Yeah, you're day. not you're not taking penalty kicks with the Tim Percy tomorrow. Right. <laughs> what I was gonna say, t- the number one thing too in sports from sports people, I'm surprised you didn't say this is. Hey, can I get some tickets? Oh, uh, there it like, is. Like they assume in sports, if yeah. you work for a team, this team is just like, whoever you want to come to a game, I got tickets. <laughs> like, let's print them out. Yes. The it's, second you put up somebody new that you guys have added, it's like, oh, Nick's got a, he's got a luxury box for me. It's ready. I Mine is either, what so do you, do? go ahead, Tay. All right. It's so funny, like working, you know, going back to the ticket question, like, just because I've moved so many different places, like lived in Vegas, Auburn, you know, that did, you know, worked at MLB for a little bit. And like, assuming you have friends that go to, a, you know, a Diamondback game, they're like, hey, man, uh, I know you used to work here, but anyway, you could hook me up with some tickets. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even get you tickets when I worked there. Right. Like, like some, some, <laughs> sometimes, uh, like, sometimes you don't even have tickets to get in the building. Like, if you're not activating that night, sometimes you don't even, like, they're like, hey, look, you're a ticket salesperson. Unless you have people in the building, like, you're not getting it. <laughs> I had somebody had the gall to ask me if I knew anyone that had master's tickets. Oh. Like, well, if you do, let me know. I'd love to go. Yeah, I'll pass that on to you, sir. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, mine is, mine is well, you know, season's over. So you guys probably start recruiting now. It's like you said, Nick. Oh, you think we stop recruiting to a $30,000 yeah. out-of-pocket institution? That doesn't have name recognition? No, yeah, we, we just start that up next month. We'll close it. About three weeks, we'll be done. That's the thing. Like, I've been talking to sport. I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where, like, people coming out of college uh, are kind of asking me for 15, 20 minutes just yeah. to chat. And, and the biggest misconception they have is they're like, 
like they're like yeah you know i love to, i want to work in sports i love it um and it's like okay are you ready for an 80 hour work week like do you love sports that much because you have to get in at eight you do your entire day and then you stay and you go through the entire game sometimes until midnight and you got to be back in work the mm-hmm. next morning at 8 a.m and I mean, that's kind of why you have to absolutely love it because I mean, tech, like, tech, I mean, like, and this is forcing have gotten in trouble with this is like, that's not overtime pay. Right. You don't get paid yeah. more for that. You know right. what I mean? Like, yes, they give you days off to make sure they're following labor laws, but it's like, I mean, that's the thing. So I always tell them like, if you really, and anybody listening, if you really want to work in sports to your point, like, like I, I know somebody who had to tell their best friend, Hey, I can't be in your wedding because that's on a game day. Mm. Like, like literally, I'm contra- ton of weddings. Mm. Like, I'm contracted to be here on game day. They will fire me if I don't. Yeah. And it is necessary to be here, and I have to miss your wedding. And it's like sometimes I tell people that they're like, "No way! Why would you ever work in that industry?" Mm. And again, it comes back to like you absolutely have to love it. But that's that's the thing. Lately, I've been telling you know people coming out of college, it's like I- I'm serious. Like, I'm not trying to deter you from sports. I just don't want you to get there work an 80 hour work week and be like, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. Right? Like really like one, get an internship and feel that out a little bit. Yeah. You really commit to it. But that's the Here's thing. another great one. Here's another great one too, Nick, for all those aspiring sports business professionals. <laughs> um, you know, they say, Hey, I really want to work for, I really, I just graduated from college. I did an internship would love to work for the Lakers. Tomorrow. Dude, my first job was at McDate. Right. Like mine was at the Salem Kaiser Volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, would, would I have loved if the Warriors were calling me and saying, <laughs> like, hey, come down and right? make sponsorship with us? Of course. Right. But yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's the other thing. And, and, and I mean, you know this better than, than, and Kip, you probably know this too in coaching. I mean, I mean, how many times have you moved, Taylor? Like, yeah. you've lived yeah. in Arizona. Tay is the poster Boston, child for this. Auburn, Alabama. I've actually done the math. I've lived, so me and my girlfriend just bought a house. Before this, I had lived in um, seven states and lived in 12 different apartments. Oh. And that's just like, I mean, again, I'm sure this it's the same in coaching. It's just that's like, from 23 to right now, so eight yeah. years. And it's just like you, I mean, a job opens up somewhere. And you're like, hey, that's the state. That's the stepping stone. I think I need to hit to where I want to go. Great. We're moving from you know Auburn, Alabama, back to up to Portland, right. Oregon. I'm moving from Arizona down to yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. A hundred percent. I get asked that a ton of like, how do I work for the Lakers? Well, yeah, let's, like, let's I, you. I live in LA and would love to stay here. It's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> in the, in what may be one of the most competitive industries in the u.s for getting a job because you know experience is the main thing that gets you in and then connections are the main thing that gets you your first job your second job and your third job it's like you go wherever there's work Mm -hmm. and i mean again if you don't want to do that go work for an agency right that's only in one place and maybe works with a bunch of teams but yeah it's you you have to be prepared to move a ton and be very flexible 
Uh, and again, I, I think that's nothing different than coaching, Kip. I know you, you've been at Willamette. I've been lucky. No, you're totally time. right. Like I'm the exception to that rule. Everyone, else, my brother's experiencing it right now. You know, in the last three years, he's gone from Bozeman to Seattle to Bozeman to Boise, and at the end of it, he's climbed right the ladder. But that's that's not easy with two little kids under three years old and your your wife. And you know, so you know, absolutely, that's the norm in coaching for sure. Let's take our first break. We'll be right back with the lightning round. You're listening to another episode of Cross the Streams Podcast. Stay up to date with our latest content via SoundCloud and the Apple Podcast app, as well as following us on Twitter, at Cross the underscore stream, or Instagram, at CTS Podcast. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Lightning round, fellas. Okay, I sent you some prompts to think about, and you guys crushed the first segment. Thank you. Now, curveballs. Okay, sports. Not all these questions are about sports. They're just random questions. If you've got the answer, throw it out there. Some of these, I'll give you time to think about them, and I'll give my answer. Okay, first one, and I'm coming to you two. Like, this isn't necessarily a personal one, but I know you two might have insight on this. What the hell happened to Skype? So Zoom is Zoom, right? <laughs> what the hell happened to Skype? Does anybody know? How'd they get smoked like this? Oh, did oh, did you see that somebody tweeted Skype and was like, what happened? They're like, <laughs> what do you mean? You lost a 30-year or 20-year head start on right? Zoom. You lost and it in they, six and weeks. They, and then they blocked them on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think it's just timing, right? Meaning Zoom was very business. Okay. Skype was very personal. Yeah. Skype didn't get into business. And when this pandemic hit, yeah, you had people like, and this is crazy with Slack too, right? Like the reason why, the reason why everybody uses Slack is because their businesses forced them to, because they were like, no, we we're on Slack. Right. So I think zoom was in business. Mm. I mean, I use, I use Google Hangouts cause it syncs up with Gmail. But yeah. Like whenever I would get from clients, like an actual video call, it would be a zoom. Then what happened is, is if you're using it in business, it's what you're used to, and then you're going to take it home. Uh, Skype was, I'm using it at home, but am I going to walk up to my boss and say, we should use Skype? Right. I think that was the biggest thing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, sorry if anybody <laughs> yeah. works at Skype. You guys blew it. <laughs> such a, they were up 30. That's they were sorry. literally 30-point lead at halftime, and they lost by 20. <laughs> Tay, did we Hold ever on. do that during your time here? We might have. We might have been up big and lost. Could have well, it, well, it's in, uh, yeah, we we did that a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Skype after Microsoft bought them, they like. Yeah. Okay, here's a personal one. Tay, you go first. Nick, you can go second. I'll give mine, so you got a quick chance to think about it. Tay, your favorite music musician, musical artist, the one song of theirs that will have you turn them off. Okay, so mine. Anybody listening to the pod knows I'm a Tupac lunatic. But if I hear what's your phone number from the Me Against the World album, I lose it's awful. It's a, I don't know what he was doing. It's his worst creation ever. That's the song where I will turn it. I can literally say I don't know if there's another one I'll turn. That one is instant no, and it used to be a fast forward when I had that album, so I hit fast forward on that song. But uh Tay, who, favorite musician musician song that just didn't work for them. Yeah, what were what were uh, eight tracks like? Were those cool? You're unbelievable. <laughs> Cassettes, my friend. Um, Cassettes. John okay, John Legend. John Legend. And all of me. Ooh. Okay. Can't you don't. You're out on all of me. 
from the from the best man soundtrack, right? Heard, okay, if you're gonna question my answer, well, I am. I'm the host. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, I just I've heard it too many. Okay. Bad okay. times, like a bunch of people trying to, you know. Okay, I'm just making sure, like when it first I came love out. His voice. Okay. And that was a tough one because, like, I love all of his songs. I just don't. But it's like done. It. That one's done for you. Okay, I can respect that. You, yeah. you, you clarified, or I was going to cut you off. I was going to edit you right out of this thing. But I'm. We're fine now. We're back. Nick. Nick, what was? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say for me. I mean, being a Bay Area guy, E40 is my my favorite. Ooh. But. And, and, and there's parts of the song that I can listen to, but uh, what is it? The questions? Oh. Yup. <laughs> nope. Like, I mean, it, it just gets oh, old real fast. And that's the thing. Like, when it first came out, everybody was like, oh, you have to hear this new, new E-40 song. And I'm just like, as lyrically gifted as E-40 is, what is he doing? <laughs> Where somebody said, you know what, E-40, Earl, I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, and, and, and then we're going to give you a yep or a no. Right. right? Like that's literally, it's almost like a home video segment on ABC. Oh. And somebody's like, this, I don't know if it's E40, but somebody was like, this is a good idea. And when I first heard it, I was just like. <laughs> right. He's got it. That's great timing. <laughs> but it, when I first heard it, I was just like, this was made for the radio. Ah. Made, you know, for his talent. And yeah, it's like, um, I'll, like I'll, I'll try to listen to it and then I'll get halfway through the song and I'm like, I, I just can't. Like, yeah. Nick, I did not know this E40 stuff about you. I should have assumed it as a Bay guy. Did you watch the verses? Yeah. Oh, that was, that was one of the best verses there's I mean, been. That, like the, the best quote. And this is, I mean, this might piss some people off who live in San Francisco. If you go to the Bay, like the Bay is not the Bay. Like they have beer gardens in Lake Merritt, which <laughs> used to be like the worst part of Oakland. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> I love I love it when I go to a San Francisco club. They play Mac Dre and E Forty, and all the gentrified white people get upset because they have no idea what, what it is. And uh, and and yeah, so it's like yeah, I mean it, it's it's way different than what it you know what it was back then. But it's uh, it's just an era. Yeah, I mean that's nothing. Nothing takes me back to childhood more than if you put e40 or mac on. sprinkle me man sprinkle me is yeah dusted and disgusted with tupac one of my favorites one of my Bay favorites area guys are really really touchy about san francisco like <laughs> i've noticed know, that too take from the bay you're like no i'm not from san francisco that i mean like in the in the in the um last chance you they did on um oh laney so I knew a few people who went to Laney, and they described that so well of saying, like, it's the city versus town. Mm, like, mm. when you go to San Francisco, like, you know like you know people who are from San Francisco, and they come over to Oakland, and they stick out like a sore thumb. You go across to San Francisco, and people are like, oh, yeah, you're from the East Bay. Oh, ah, like, okay. Like I, like, I know, you know, you're from the East Bay. Yeah. And it's like, they, they just, they did that, they... In the show, I, I forget what, but it's when they play City College, SF City College. They did that like comparison so well because, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's crazy. You, you literally go across the bridge and it's a totally different kind of culture and segment. Tay. I love San Francisco. San Francisco is my favorite place in the country, the city in the country. So, Tay, is there I mean, a. Honestly, I, honestly, as an East Bay person, like the reason why you don't like San Francisco is because, like, AT&T Park is way better than uh, the Coliseum, right? Uh, like, yeah. And, and then not only the piss, like, 
the Warriors were in Oakland, and that, oh. like, it was it was a thing to make San Francisco people come over to your side of town at Oracle, and right. then they had to move it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, now it's like San Francisco takes everything nice. When the when the Warriors get good, they build Chase Center over in San Francisco, not in Oakland. Nick, did you um, move yeah, with the Raiders? Did you follow the Raiders with? Fan, were you a Raiders fan? Are you a Raiders fan still? You know, I am. It, Is it hard? You know, it was crazy. I, I went from I went from anger to uh, I don't really care. And then yeah, when they played the first season in Las Vegas, like I just couldn't. I can't. I cannot mm. watch them. Yeah, it's like it's in my blood. Luckily, like luckily, like the black hole and that organization, very much like. Luckily, it's not across the country, right? Mm -hmm. It's just Vegas. Vegas isn't hard to get to. So you can still kind of get that culture. I'll be interested when they open that stadium. I mean, if you've ever been to a Raiders game, like, it's an experience. I was told like, not to go. Coach Kofense well, Hinson told me, Coach, don't go there with your Cowboys I, gear. Don't I, go I there. I remember I went to a Seahawks game. I know we're getting a little off topic here. No, it's where we're about. Go I ahead. went to a Seahawks game and got tickets kind of where the season ticket holders are. And I messaged the dude who sold them to me, and I was like, hey, man, like, is it cool if I wear my Raiders gear in this section? Like, am I going to be heckled? And the guy was like, no. Like, why Like, why, why would that be a problem? I swear, like, if you wear a different color in the black hole, like, you're done. <laughs> like, I don't care if your friend, like, literally yeah. your friend could be there and he'll be like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I'm so sorry. You, like, he can't. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm sorry he's here. By the third quarter, when people have beers on, like it, it's it's a danger zone. Like yeah. I told you know Ray, I brought Ray to a Raider yeah. game one time, and I was like, Nah, man, like you have to. And we were we were down, um, we were down low, like pretty much right next to the black hole, and I was like, Nah, man, you gotta wear black. Like you know, like I don't have to like yeah. fight somebody for you. <laughs> um, so I remember asking that he was like, what, like what, like what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, that's not how it is at every single NFL stadium. Right, right. Tay, here's one. Now, you're a homeowner now, okay? What is the last board game you sat down and played start to finish? Um, Monopoly. Monop and are, are, do you like that? Was that a one-time experience, or is that you, your partner's go-to? What is that what she liked that game, too, or did you force it on her? Uh... We were both bored. Okay. And it was on sale at Target. Okay. And it's like not like Monopoly. I you know? I can't play it, I man. Mean, My daughter loves it, and I refuse to get trapped in that four hour hole. I'm not going to do it. It was quite a while. It was quite a while. <laughs> also, I'm a big uh, I like uh, Pictionary. Okay. We where you got to draw it? Yep. That's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, I've just made up a lot of differing activities to do during the pandemic. I bet. Nick, same question. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> my my fiance's cousins live here. They have a seven-year-old. So I'm not, I'm not a big board game player, but sorry was the last Okay. One. Yep. There's Our house has been through some sorry. Like chance, right? There's not a lot of skill None. in sorry. Yeah. My fiance wins every single <laughs> game possible, no matter if it's chance or skill. Like you could do high card with her. Yeah, she would just win. So it's like I couldn't play anymore because I'm just like I'm getting so upset that I can't beat you in this game. Yeah. Even though it's a chance based game and statistics say I should win one of these. Right. So I uh, always convince myself and my oldest two kids that we're gonna get through a game of risk. We're gonna do it. 
We'll be we'll finish it. We don't. You if you open the box of risk at our house, there's like five different yellow like no notepad pages that have scores of where we all were like, you know what, we're done. It's been five hours. We, nobody's gonna win. You still have Europe. It's ridiculous. I don't know how this is possible. And then we stop and we we don't ever get to that. So it's uh, it is definitely I, I'm I Monopoly. Tell you, my daughter loves it. I just I can't do it. There's a new speed version out. That goes a lot faster that we're going to try. So we, we, we will see. Um, last question, okay. Did you have, growing up, were you involved or taking part in a quote-unquote, I'm going to call it a war, but it's like a hatred between two brands. So like my house was like literally, we're Pepsi people. If we, we don't hang out with Coke people, it was a thing. Or we're Ford people. Do you remember something that you look back, you're like, that's irrational. That doesn't make any sense. Like, my dad only had one Ford his whole life, but we were a Ford family. What do you got? I'm going to I'm gonna go, being from Hawaii, it's obviously very, such an interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, Quicksilver versus Illabong. Oh, great one. I know. It was it was tough. What side? Where were you at? I, I'm still I'm a Quicksilver guy. And um, Quicksilver was like the, you know, if you could afford, or like a cool Quicksilver shirt, you're like, you know. That's a in. great one. Yeah. Nick. Yeah, I mean, my, 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 this is going to sound crazy and super commercialized, but my parents were Coke people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it was out of rebellion or what, but my brother and I were, were Pepsi. How did that work? How did that play out I'm in your house? Pepsi. Like I'm not buying you. My dad would be like, I'm not buying you Pepsi because I won't drink it. Yeah. And 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 like we were forced. And the interesting thing is now I drink more Coke purely because. Like, yeah. Like when I when I got the freedom in college, I was all about Pepsi. <laughs> eventually, I went back to it just because my palate. Um, yeah. Interesting thing though is uh, shoes because Taylor brought up the Quicksilver Billabong shoes in high school. You had the Jordan. Okay. You had the Air Force folks. But you didn't have the Adidas, at least for me. Like nobody, had, nobody was rocking right. some like superstars, and, and it was dope. Now, and I say now, but I, I coached football a couple of years ago. Adidas are hot, man. Mm. They're they're back and and doing damage. Yeah. And I'm just like, I would like I would never buy a pair of Adidas just because right. it's like either Jordan or Nike. But that's that was one of the things where it was like not only not only Jordan, but what Jordan is your favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you like the 13s? No, that's not, <laughs> that's not a – oh, you're a ones person? That's super generic. Right. That's interesting. I'm so old, and Tay will make fun of me for it. But I remember – so Jordans were out, but Magic had a shoe from Converse. Magic tried oh to get in the God. game. And I fought that war, guys. I went and I had – it was like 7th, 8th grade. I rocked the Magics and was literally arguing with people, oh, no, Magic shoe. And then my friends like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's, that's sad. That's crazy. The crazy thing is these rookies are signing these deals with Pumas. Mm. I'm like, man, I would never like growing up. The Pumas were the things that were like at Marshalls. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I hope I, I hope that's not the shoe I'm rocking mm-hmm. for the school year. Yep. Pumas Two get- things. Two things. A. What was it like watching Bob Cousy play in person, Kip? Unb- <laughs> Thank you. I knew that was coming. And B. You know, everyone gives me. Uh, Grief for this because obviously I played basketball in college and, and 
but I am not a shoe guy because you know in Hawaii all we wear were slippers. Mm. Slippers, not flip flops for all you people. Listening. Oh, that's a thing, is it? That's a thing. Not flip flop. Oh yeah, it's a big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great topic. Uh, so I never cared about the shoe thing. So like Saul, one of one of my very good friends who you both know. Yep. Can name we sit in a restaurant and he's oh the guys wearing Jordan eights. Like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> How can you know? So I, I just have never I don't know. I just I don't know if no, I I've got a couple sneakerheads on my team that are very much what like you guys are talking about. Like, coach, you what, how do you feel about the sevens versus the tens? And I'm just like, I, I need pictures, guys. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My only non-Nike shoe, I was a Nike guy for hoops. My only non-Nike shoe I ever got, and this won't shock anybody for listening to the pod or knows me, I love the questions. So I went to Reebok for about two year, two or three years of the questions. Um, oh, my God. Yep. You know what You know what shoe was hot back in the day, and, and now they're reselling it, is the T-Max. Oh, really? Everybody had the T-Max. I'm Googling those right now. That was now. a huge job. Uh, that was a huge Kobe. Uh, you know when he first came out with those block Adidas shoes? Yeah. I forgot I he was them first, wasn't he? Coolest dude. Yeah, he was Adidas with the crazy ace when, when they first came out. Oh, so good. Well, I appreciate you guys. Great episode. Lightning round. Always leads us down sidebars and tangents, but that's what podcasts are for. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.